Max's Morning Market Mania has returned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to this on Sunday, or rather Monday, November 7th, 2022. It's Sunday for me right now. Uh, for any of you guys who are watching, you probably notice I am in a different space. We are in a different, I'm in a different room at our office, and the guys are in the room next door doing some live streaming. So I'm here. I'm talking about finance. Uh, we had a banger week, especially in crypto. Uh, I'm going to give you guys the details, go through the daily scoreboard. I've got a few interesting articles talking about uh, all the companies that made it to a trillion dollar market cap and how far they've come down since then. Uh, also, JP Morgan did something very interesting with crypto. And last but not least, the Dow Jones had a record month. And I'll get into that in a minute. But here is the scoreboard. All the currencies, they were about flat, flat to shitty. Nothing too interesting, no no big moves. The US dollar index is kind of weak. Uh, it got as high as 113, maybe 114. It's sitting at about 110 right now. Let's see, crude oil up 5.04% just on Friday. So 5.36% on the week. Pretty big day for, for oil. Uh, still quite a ways off from its highs. It got up to like 130 maybe a little bit more than that, when Russia invaded Ukraine. Uranium down 4.62%. Uh, that's kind of a boring market if you're just watching the spot market. I, I don't really pay attention to it, but when they are, when supply is being drained, then the price goes up, you know, less supply, uh, more money chasing less of that item, bids the price higher. And it's it hasn't really been interesting it's gotten up to like 53.50, something like that. $53.50 a pound. Nothing too interesting with that. We got some more interesting stuff with gold and silver. Silver did absolutely phenomenal on Friday. 7% just on Friday. Actually, I think it might have been a little bit more than that. Near 7.5, 7.6. So that was up 8.37% on the week. And I'm not going to be going in depth about it today. But right now, the inventories at uh, the LME, the London Metals Exchange, as well as the COMEX, they are being drained. People are pulling the silver and the gold out of the exchange, and they're taking it. They're putting it in their house. They're safe, a safety deposit box. And eventually, they're going to run out, or at least they're going to run out of it at today's prices. There will probably be plenty available at you know, a much higher price. Uh, so gold was up 3.15% Friday. I rarely see gold do that well. I That might be the best day I've ever seen for gold, but I'm not entirely sure. It was only up 2.36% on the week. So nothing crazy, but it did go hard Friday. Copper up 7.4% on, on Friday, 7.17% on the week. 10-year treasury, uh, as you guys know, they raised interest rates another 75 basis points. Uh, that bid the 10-year treasury, 10-year uh, treasury up another 15 basis points, peaked out at about 4.3% on October 21st. Now it's sitting, uh, let's see, pull out my nifty computer. I'm on tradingeconomics.com. It's one of my favorite websites for all this information. So it's at 4.15%, uh, up 15 basis points on the week. So crypto. Guys, we had a crazy week. Not too much for Bitcoin, but altcoins did phenomenal. Bitcoin was up 2.5% on the week. 
uh, 8.3% on the month, Ethereum 1.25% 1, 1 on the week, and 20.7% on the month. Ethereum's trading at about uh, 1600 something right now, 1609. BNB, as you guys know, that's uh, Binance's native token and they have their own smart chain. It's a competitor to Ethereum. If you go on Ethereum and execute a smart contract, which that could just mean swapping for another crypto or minting an NFT, uh, whatever, just a transaction on the blockchain, you're executing a smart contract, it is crazy expensive. And that's because it was it's old technology. It's 2013 technology. So uh, BNB, which is Binance's native token is a competitor to that. So if you're executing a smart contract, you know, maybe it's $100 on the Ethereum network. Last time I did tried to do that, it would have cost me $30. So my $100, I was trying to bridge it onto from the Binance smart chain to the Ethereum network. And it that $100 would have been 70 after I paid the fee. So I said, fuck that. That's, that's like against my morals to pay 30% just to execute a smart contract. That's why I think Ethereum is kind of a, it's most certainly not a dying crypto, but it will be surpassed. And there's a lot of different coins that will surpass it, like Polygon. Polygon came out and they they wanted to solve this problem. So they're actually a layer two uh, proof of work uh, blockchain that is on the Ethereum network and it's made to, help scale further. So you can't scale with Ethereum that, that well because the transaction fees are so expensive and it doesn't have as many transactions per second. But Polygon was built on the Ethereum network and it's much, much more efficient. That was actually up 30.8% on the week. Let's see how much it was on the month. 43% on the month. So that did absolutely phenomenal. Litecoin was up 26% on the week, 32% on the month. Algorand, that's another crypto I like, 23% on the week and 26.7% on the month. And then Dogcoin, your guys' favorite crypto, Dogecoin, uh, up 2.72% on the week, but that's because it kind of sold off. It it was at like six cents, you know, maybe seven to 10 days ago, and it made it up to like 15 cents. It was, I remember checking Saturday, I actually went to Cedar Point, uh, Saturday the 29th, and I was looking at, you know, coin market cap to see all the statistics and Dogecoin was up about 140% on the week. So that's absolutely insane. 92% on the month still, even after it sold off. Uh, Phantom, that's another cryptocurrency I like, up 14.6% on the week, 25% on the month. And then this shit coin that I got a 35 bagger on last year, it was, it was kind of my... So I, I was in Dogecoin and I did pretty well in Dogecoin. I, I did really well and I sold at eight cents. So obviously I could have done much, much better. But the whole last year, SafeMoon was the game changer. And that's the shitcoin I'm talking about. It doesn't really have any real world purpose, but speculators trying to make a quick buck, you know, they, they flood into these tiny altcoins that don't serve any real purpose in the world. And they, they try to bid the price up, buy low and sell high. People are just trying to get rich. And this all started after Dogecoin ran. Everybody saw, you know, the stories, you know, kid turns 
100 bucks into 40,000 with Dogecoin, this or that, whatever. Everybody wanted to have that same experience. So people flooded into shit coins like SafeMoon and Shiba Inu and uh, Dogecoin, you know, you know the drill. So that's the scoreboard uh, that took a little longer than I thought. I like to ramble, you guys know that. We'll get into the first article. This is from Forbes. A massive step. JP Morgan just made a surprise game-changing bet on crypto despite $2 trillion Bitcoin, Ethereum, and crypto price crash. So yes, it the there has been $2 trillion that fled from the market since its peak. It was it peaked at about $3 trillion, which was about the size of Apple at its peak. And now it's only about a trillion dollar market cap. But so this is what happened. So JP Morgan, one of Wall Street's biggest banks, led by outspoken Bitcoin and crypto skeptic Jamie Dimon, has correlated its first ever cross-border transaction using blockchain-based decentralized finance in what has been called a massive step for the crypto space. And they actually did this using Polygon, which, as I said, it's a layer two network designed to help Ethereum scale. And I, I've known that Jamie Dimon hates crypto. You know, he thinks it's internet funny money. He thinks it's a, a solution for a problem that doesn't really exist. But here he is uh, using crypto and, uh, you know, the efficiency with the market. It, it's simply economic to incorporate blockchain into all these companies around the world and into our lives. Uh, if... If it makes a business more profitable, if it can make their transactions more secure, uh, quicker, cheaper, bottom line, if it can make a business more money, then they will adopt it. And the blockchain offers the technology to give these companies these advantages. So I do think mass adoption is around the corner. Uh, your guess is as good as mine as to uh, when the bull market takes off. Maybe it already did. Maybe the low for Bitcoin was 17,000. Now it's trading still above 21,000. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I prefer it to fall to 12,000 so I can buy more. But actually, I've been, I've been, I got back into trading crypto again just recently because over the last six or seven weeks, I've seen so many opportunities with the meme coins, the shit coins. If you go on CoinMarketCap and you look at the top gainers, and instead of looking at the top 100 coins, you can look at all of them. Uh, you don't want to look at, well, you'll want to look at the top 100 too, but if you don't look at the top 100, then you see all these tiny coins. You know, they could have a $50,000 market cap. So any Joe Blow with $2,000 could come in and, you know, spike the price up. So they're much more volatile. You will see, you can see these coins lose 40% in four minutes. You can see them do 10x in a few hours. The best I've seen, the best I've ever done was a 30x move in 18 hours. Now, that wasn't my best trade. My best trade was 82x, and that was actually on SafeMars. Uh, that, that was a fun time and I did pretty well about a, a dozen of my trades got more than a 30 bagger, which is 3000%. So $1 into $30 and it, there was a lot of opportunity in the market and this is the highest risk shit you could ever do. It's not smart. It's not intelligent. It's not wise. And frankly, it's foolish, but I'm here doing it anyway because I'm willing to take the risk. 
I would not advise anybody to take this risk. If you guys do want to learn more about it, uh, you can reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to, you know, share my ideas and thoughts and strategies with you guys. But that's enough about that. Bottom line is I've gotten back into crypto. There's a lot of opportunity. Uh, my first day back at it, I did get a 100% gain, which was exciting. Off to a good start. Uh, makes me think it's a bit promising. So that's that's exciting. Uh, let's see. What's, what is the next article? October marks best month for the Dow Jones since 1976. Uh, well, this isn't one article. I, I've been looking at it from a few different articles. So since 1976, this was the best month for the Dow Jones. It went up 14%. And as you guys know, it's, it's not densely uh, weighted with all these big tech stocks. Uh, as you know, they, a lot of them have gone down a lot. I'll get into that in my next article, especially Facebook. Facebook is down so much from its all-time high. It, it literally makes me sick. I know people that have big positions in Facebook and didn't sell when it was at 385 and now it's 90 bucks. It, it makes me sick. Uh, so in the 126 years of the Dow Jones's existence, uh, this was the best October it's ever had. And uh, so the Dow Jones on the year, it's down 9.6% still. S&P 500, that's down 18.2%. So the Dow Jones has been performing a lot better than the S&P 500 and much better than the NASDAQ, which is down 29% year over year. So October generally is a bad month for stocks. So we did not expect the Dow Jones to hit its its best month in, uh, what's that, 46 years, give or take. And this even occurred with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates 75 basis points. But you might be able to argue that that was already priced in. Jerome Powell tells us exactly what he's going to do, and he's pretty much stuck to it since he started raising rates aggressively. And he did not indicate that they were going to slow down at all anytime soon. So as I've said in the past, once they, I believe once they start uh, lowering interest rates and start printing money again, then we will see a bull market like we've never seen in our lives. And it will simultaneously coincide with a hyperinflationary bust. And I don't, I, I don't want it to be this way, but that's just, through all of history, this is what happens. They print money and they print money to get out of the shit show that they got themselves in. And they got themselves into that shit show by printing money. And the only way out is to print more money. It's like a heroin addict. They need more and more and more of the drug to get the same effect. Uh, in 2008, uh, we printed, actually, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, so I won't comment on that, but we printed much more money in 2020 and 2021 than we did during the great financial crisis. So it goes to show that we need more of the money printing just to get the same effect. And right now it's not really that economic because when we print $1, uh, it only generates about 70 cents worth of economic output. So you're digging yourself a hole by doing that. And the best thing you can do is to stop digging. But if they stop digging, then we will get a deflationary bust and it will not be good. It'll be a lot worse than a hyperinflationary bust. So they, in my opinion, they will keep raising rates 
Uh, Goldman Sachs thinks it'll peak by March of 2023. That would be exciting, but I think they'll continue to do it until something happens, until there's a black swan of some sort. I think it'll be something out of Europe or Japan and some kind of crisis that goes unsolved for you know a week or so, and it has some spillover effects into the U.S. markets. And in an emergency rash decision, they will probably fire up that printing press again and inject liquidity into the markets. I apologize for that beeping noise. That was the printer. So, uh, November 10th, that is, what is that, Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday or Thursday, we're going to get a new CPI number, so I'll be reporting on that next week. I suspect inflation will continue to go up. I mentioned that oil was up or I didn't mention this, but it's up 6.6% on the month. So that is a tailwind to uh, for the for the inflation. As energy goes up, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, will go up even more. So I think we will get inflation numbers that are hotter than expected, higher than expected, and uh, maybe I'll be in the markets uh, looking for some opportunities to trade options or something. I, I've seen a lot of opportunities, especially when the CPI numbers come out, because it seems like whenever there's big macroeconomic news, it's always a fake out. You know, it spikes down and, and then everyone goes short because everyone thinks it's going down. And then it just rallies really hard and just then everyone who's going short, they got to eat their shorts. Uh, let's get on to the next market or the next uh, article. This is from Zero Hedge. I, I thought this was pretty interesting. The shrinking trillion dollar market cap club. So today there are four companies in this club. We have Apple, we have Aramco, which is a Saudi company. Uh, they're oil, they're an oil company. Microsoft and Alphabet, which is Google. These four companies are the only companies that are worth more than a trillion dollars by market cap. And if you don't know what a market cap is, uh, then you probably haven't been listening to Max's Morning Market Mania enough, but it is the total amount of shares multiplied by the price of the share. So it's the total value of the, of the company. So last year, there was actually $7 trillion market, $7 trillion market cap companies. And the three that fell out of there are Amazon, Tesla, and Facebook, also now known as Meta. So I've got some, some data for you guys. So Apple hit a trillion dollar market cap on August 2nd, 2018, and it's currently at a $2.21 trillion market cap, down from its peak of $2.94 trillion. Aramco got to a trillion dollars December 11th, 2019. Now it's $2.01 trillion. Microsoft, April 25th, 2019. Now they're sitting at a $1.6 trillion market cap. Alphabet got into the trillion dollar club on January 16th of 2020. And they're sitting at about that 1.08 trillion. Uh, Amazon got in there September 4th, 2018. Now they're actually they're actually less. Their stock price is less than it was even then four years ago. It's a 911 billion dollar market cap. Tesla got in that club October 25th of last year. Now they're at a 675 billion dollar market cap. So clearly, all of these are just they've been beaten to shit. And the one that was beat to shit most, Meta, which I I love to see it and I hate to see it. I know people that are holding Meta and 
they're down a lot on their investments, but I do not like Mark Zuckerberg. I do not like how he censors us. I don't like how he goes and he starts censoring a bunch of stuff before an election that happened in 2020. Big story broke about Hunter Biden and the laptop from hell. You guys, I'm sure you guys have all heard about it. Well, uh, people were banned and censored for reporting on this. And I have been a victim of Mark Zuckerberg's censorship and I don't appreciate it. I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. He's in with the World Economic Forum. And if you guys have listened to me more than a few times, then you know I do not like the World Economic Forum. And they're trying to take over the world. They're trying to own everything and they're telling you that you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Because they're going to fucking own it and you're going to pay them rent every single month. All right. The rant is over. Meta got into the trillion dollar club June 28th, 2021. Now it's a $236 billion market cap. All right, let's see how much these stocks are down from their peak. Apple, 182. Now it's 138. That's down 25%. All these are approximations. I just did these numbers on my calculator, but it's enough for you guys to get the point. Tesla was 402. Now it's 207. 50% loss. Facebook, 385, now it's 90, 77% loss. Google, 150, now it's 86, 43% loss. Microsoft, 340, now it's 221, 33% loss. Amazon, 186, now it's 90. I forgot to write down the, <laughs> the number for that one, but that's about a 50% loss. And Meta's down 50% over the last five years. So if anybody who bought Facebook's stock in the last five years, they're currently down on their investment. I, I did not see this coming, even though people are upset with his censorship that Mark Zuckerberg is doing. I mean, it's, it's Facebook. You know, they're, they're, they're a huge company. They have billions of daily users, probably about 2 billion daily users. I, I did not think their stock would be crashing this hard. But I said it in 2020 that uh, it was a melt up and that it was the stock market was just a bubble and the bubble didn't pop, but it is certainly deflating. These seven companies, uh, they just, they dominated the market. They're the reason that the S&P 500 did so well, that the whole stock market did so well. I think just these seven companies represented about 40% of the S&P 500. So this is tragic. I mean, this is, this is people's retirement accounts, this is people's 401ks, their pensions. People's retirement is dependent on the stock market. And right now it's kind of in the shitter, but right now we have opportunities to get in. If you liked uh, Meta stock at 300 bucks, then you'll probably fucking love it right now because it's 90. If you liked Amazon at uh, 180, then you probably love it at 90. Think about it in that from that perspective. Uh, when you're when when you're going to the store and you see your favorite coat is on sale from 180 bucks down to 90, you are you're you're a kid in a candy store. You're gonna buy it. I'll take that coat. It's half off. I will take it. But for some reason, when people see the stocks going down. They, they don't want to buy it. They want to buy what's going up because, you know, it seems like you're going to make money in the very near term. But you need to think about it like you're shopping. When I go shopping for stocks, I don't want to buy a stock that's 
uh, worth 25% more than what I believe it to be worth. I want to buy a stock that's half off. Just like when I go to the grocery store or any kind of store, I want that shit half off. So I welcome these buying opportunities. Now, these seven stocks, I'm personally not buying them. And that's probably a bad move, but I'm willing to take the risk. I have done so much research on uh, energy and commodities that that's my central focus. I'm not interested in getting into Apple when it's a $2.2 trillion market cap. If I, I want 10 baggers. I want 20 baggers. I, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit greedy for me to say that. But if you look at the numbers, I mean, Apple, it's at a $2.2 trillion market cap. If, if Apple were to 10x, it would require uh, $20 trillion to come into the market and that is almost our GDP. That might actually be our GDP. So is that going to happen? Probably not. Uh, let's see what the total gross domestic product is. Uh, I apologize. I don't know why it's so hard just to find the GDP. Twenty-two thousand billion. So twenty-two trillion dollars. So assuming all the economic output that the United States generates in one year's time, that is what would be required to flow into Apple stock for it to do a 10 bagger. Now I'm investing in smaller companies like Uranium Energy Corp and First Majestic Silver. These are companies that are less than a $5 billion market cap. Uranium Energy Corp is like one and a quarter billion. So I mean, one big player can move the market. We don't need the United States GDP to come in and uh, flow into the stock to get a 10 bagger. I mean, $10 billion really isn't that much. So I'm I'm in these smaller stocks because I want larger gains. Maybe it's greedy of me. Uh, we'll see if it works out. But I think I've taken enough of your guys' time. I appreciate you guys listening. If you found value, uh, let me know. If you see a way I can improve, let me know. I would appreciate it. And if you enjoyed the show, if you found it informative, please share the show. It means the world to me. I want this these messages to go out to more and more people because... I, I think this is very important. A lot of people that I know, they're not interested in finance. They're not investing. But especially when you're young, that is the time to get in. That is the time to start your investing career. Just like it was, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Best time to start investing was 20 years ago. Next best option is right fucking now. So with that being said, I'm Max Kozmalski and this was Max's Morning Market Mania. Thank you for listening.